athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You're tuned in to the Dopey Show on radio. From the press box to press row, I am your host, Donald Ware. We got a whole lot to get to on the program, NBA playoffs are hot and heavy. I, I I have to I would have to go back and listen to what I said on last week with respect to that 76ers and Heat series. I believe that I said that the 76ers would in fact win that series and I mean that series is uh, is 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 very tight right now when you have uh, you know you have a couple of tight series right now the Pacers and the Cavaliers with the tight series. I know one of the series that I mentioned that I thought that the Celtics would beat the Bucks in in the series. And, you know, my reasoning was that if the Celtics had, I just, I don't know. I just don't think the, I, the Celtics, even without Kyrie Irving, they, I mean, they, you know, Jalen Brown has been absolutely phenomenal. You got a veteran like Horford out there. I mean, you got some players and you got a good coach. Um, out there as well and I just thought that if the Celtics maybe had met another opponent maybe their nemesis uh, the Wizards who have gone head to head although the Wizards aren't looking very good right now against the Raptors um, I thought that perhaps the Wizards could have beaten the Celtics that's why it, why it was imperative that the Wizards get that number seven spot instead they decide to lose to Orlando the last game of the season dropped them to the eighth spot. And then they got to play the number one Toronto Raptors who have played well in that series. But the Celtics are playing well. They uh, they are leading in that series against the Bucks, And so we're going to talk plenty of NBA today here on From the Press Box to Press Row and some really good uh, NBA playoff matchups. Boy, when I woke up on Thursday morning, was so shocked to hear about the passing of the wife of Spurs coach Greg Popovich. I mean, that was so sad. A lot of the, you know, a lot of the players, if you saw, uh, it was mentioned to LeBron James and to Kevin Durant and to others um, in the moment. And I mean, they they were just taken, you know, they were caught off guard. And I mean, I, I didn't even realize, you know, I mean, it, it, it just shows you that um, life is so precious and boy, I really feel for Greg Popovich right now. I mean, he's trying, you know, his team is in a battle against um, a, a Golden State Warriors team who's the defending NBA champs. And I mean, I just really feel for him. And uh, just what a shock, uh, not only sent shockwaves through the NBA, but really throughout the nation as a whole with all kinds of people tweeting and and really sending their condolences out to Greg Popovich, just really, really a tough time for Greg Popovich and his family and for the San Antonio Spurs um, also. 
The National Football League draft takes place on next week. It begins next Thursday, as a matter of fact. And we started some some draft talk uh, last week here on From the Press Box to Press Row. I mean, I wouldn't really call it draft talk. We've talked with some of the players who hope to hear their name called in next week's NFL draft. Um, Martez Carters, the young man from Grambling, the running back who hopes to hear his name called next week. We talked with him. Uh, on last week right here on the program well on today we're talking with two two potential nfl draftees danny johnson now formerly of southern place cornerback hoping to hear his name called in next week's nfl draft going to join us here on from the press box to press row he participated in the national football league combine as well as the senior bowl also joining us today here on from the press box to press row you've heard his name plenty of times Box to row, Willie Davis, two-time um, defensive player of the year. Darius Leonard, the linebacker from South Carolina State, joins us on is, is going to join us today, I should say, on the program as well. And this is a young man that um, played four years at South Carolina State, really was there five years, got redshirted his first year. And I tell you what, one of the better players, I mean, by the time it's all said and done, he's already, I mean, if you think about it, um, and, it, and there's been some really great players that have come through South Carolina State. It's going to be one of the greatest players to ever play at South Carolina State. We said that two years ago about Javon Hargrave, and it held true. And, of course, Javon Hargrave was a, a second-round pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers a couple of years back and has really played well in two years with the Steelers. And, I mean, you're talking about guys that are currently in the National Football League, South Carolina State alums. Raphael Bush, Joe Thomas, Raphael Bush now playing with the Bills. He got signed as a free agent by the Bills uh, this year. Joe Thomas, who was playing with the Green Bay Packers, now um, signed with the Dallas Cowboys. And then Javon Hargrave, of course, still with the Steelers. And then he, he'll he go down not only w- with those guys. He's, he's going to get drafted, okay? So not only with those guys, he'll make the fourth member, at least the fourth member. I think, he's the, I think it's only three and then if and when it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when Darius um, Leonard gets drafted, he'll be the fourth uh, South Carolina state player in the national football league. But then, I mean, again, to go down as one of the greatest players of all time in South Carolina state history, guys like Harry Carson and, you know, Robert Porsche, Deacon Jones, Donnie shell, of course, Harry Carson and Deacon Jones in the pro football hall of fame. Not sure why Donnie shell is not, but, I mean, you know, this guy, absolutely phenomenal. He's got a great story. Um, should have been playing at Clemson. It didn't work out for him there. But, boy, did it work out for him at South Carolina State. And it really just goes to show you that if you can play it, it doesn't matter the school. They're going to come and find you. I mean, now, you know, a lot of times what happens to um, not only HBCU players, but small school players is there's going to be a bunch of uh, uh, knocks a lot of knocks on small school players. I mean, even if, you know, you can think about the history of players being drafted in the National Football League out of HBCUs, uh, out of small schools, and then more specifically in this instance, HBCUs. I mean, look at when Dominique Rogers Cromartie was drafted back in the 2007 NFL draft, then ultimately got drafted in the first round by the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of knocks on him as well, and he's gone on to have a pretty good career. I mean, he's still a, a, a viable player in the National Football League and really had um, a couple of Pro Bowl seasons also. But there's always going to be a knock on 
small school players and HBCU school HBCU players. And the knock always is going to be that they didn't play against big competition really week in and week out. And, you know, even for Darius Leonard, I mean, I mean, that that goes true for him, even though two years ago he had the 19 tackles against Clemson. He's played against some of the bigger schools. South Carolina State is one of those schools that each year plays against multiple or at least and they may not have this past year, meaning 2017, but typically has played against multiple FBS opponents. I think you go back a couple of years ago, they played like all of their non-conference games were against FBS opponents. Seemed like it was Air Force on the schedules. Central Florida was on the schedule. That may have been two years ago when it was Clemson, Air Force and Central Florida on the schedule. Yet Darius Leonard has prospered against that kind, uh, really that kind of competition. And so I have no doubt that he's going to hear his name dra- uh, called in next week's NFL draft. Not a matter of if, but a matter of when. Always, uh, we appreciate you joining us here on the program. Thank you to those listening to us on our great affiliates around the country that carry the program, whether that's KAZI in Austin, Texas, uh, whether it's WRVS uh, in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, covering that Hampton Roads area. Um, let's see, whether it's WURK in Tampa, whether it's WGBN in Pittsburgh. As a matter of fact, this is the 10th year that WGBN in Pittsburgh has carried from the press box to press row, whether it's WFSK in Nashville. WFSK in Nashville has been carrying the program for nine years. Years. Can you believe that? Nine years. And so many great affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. Appreciate those listening to us on Sirius XM channels 141 and 142, particularly my my uh, truck drivers that are that, that are coast to coast, um, getting goods from one place to another that pick us up on either channel on Sirius XM channel 141. R 142 and of course those listening to us around the world at box And before we go any further, I got to say, um, I got to give a shout out to my folks in Greensboro. As on last Sunday, there was a tornado that had winds in excess of 120 miles an hour at least. And there was a lot of damage that was done in Greensboro, particularly in East Greensboro. And again, we're here in Raleigh. It's about, um, it's about an uh, about an hour and 15 minutes um, uh, or Greensboro, I should say, is about an hour and 15 minutes um, northeast um, of of uh, of of Raleigh. And uh, there was some rain and so forth here here in, in this area and some torrential rain for a period, but nothing and some winds, but nothing like. What happened in Greensboro there? I had a chance to see some pictures, some folks that I'm friends with on Facebook, and there was a lot of damage that was done in Greensboro. So um, and it has been understated, even I think throughout the state here in North Carolina, the fact that of, of the damage that was done in Greensboro was very much understated, did not get a lot of publicity. And there's a lot of folks that that are in need of assistance. Um, I, I know that the <clears throat> excuse me, the local. Uh, Salvation Army there in Greensboro and throughout the triad are, are, are 
trying to assist people in need. So um, support your local Salvation Army there in Greensboro. You can help those that are definitely in need in Greensboro. And, of course, our listeners that listen to us in Greensboro on WNAA each and every week. Big shots out to you guys and hope you guys um, are, are, are continue to be safe and do well um, in the recovery process. Also, another big story during the course of the week outside of sports, Starbucks in the news. A couple of brothers went into Starbucks waiting on a meeting and were asked to leave by the manager there. And then this happened in Philadelphia. And then uh, the police came in to escort these two uh, brothers out of the Starbucks. Now, the, the position of the police is that if there's a complaint made by a, a business that they have to, in fact, escort them out. They arrested these two brothers. Um, and I mean, again, just just you, you have not only you have not only racial profiling uh, by the police, but it's also a problem with, quote unquote, citizens. I mean, these guys are sitting here just waiting for a meeting, minding their business and um, and have to have this happen to to them. Um, the CEO of Starbucks has since apologized. And as a matter of fact, I believe the date is I think it's May 29th. They're supposed to shut all the Starbucks down. Uh, I don't know if it's all of them or uh, quite a few of them. I think I read it was maybe 8000. It's been a while since I read that story or so across the country to have sensitivity training, sensitivity um, awareness. So, I mean, I guess, you know, you got to give some credit to, to Starbucks for that. But boy, this has really got to stop. Step aside, take a break, come back. Talking more from the press box to press row on the other side. You're listening to from the press box to press row. NFL Draft is next week, and joining us on the line, as a matter of fact, you know we've been doing this for now our 14th year here on From the Press Box to Press Row, talking with some of the top draft prospects from HBCUs, and on the line is a two-time Box to Row All-America, as a matter of fact, a four-year starter at Southern, 16, count them, 16 career interceptions. He participated in the NFL Combine and the Senior Bowl. He's cornerback Danny Johnson of Southern. Joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. What's going on, Danny? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I hope you are, and I hope the process is going well for you uh, so far. Just your thoughts on this process since your last game at Southern, which was the Bayou Classic to this point. Just just talk to us a little bit about the process and, and the type of things that you've been doing to get ready for the NFL. Uh, the process itself has been an overwhelming process, been a great process. You know, I've been having uh, fun with it, you know, while going through everything that I've been through, just being one of the small school guys to get invited to the scene, folk, get invited to the combine. You know, that was a great opportunity for me. So from there to this point, I've just been, you know, really just working out, trying to, you know, get ready for my name to be called or whatever happens to, you know, just be in the best situation possible. Yeah, well, what does that mean to be invited 
uh, to the Combine and uh, to the Senior Bowl. I think it's been a while since a, a Jaguar had been invited. Uh, it's been 23 years since um, a Jaguar has been invited to the um, Senior Bowl. So for me, that was something that was, that was really big, you know, because not many people from, you know, our conference go, you know. Um, so for me, that was something that was that was really big. And, um, um, you know, I was proud to, you know, be a part of that. So definitely that was a great experience. Sure. I mean, have you been able to talk with any, you know, anybody like like Aeneas Williams, for instance? Uh, definitely. Uh, he's talked almost every Monday, you know, that him being somebody that I looked up to, someone that's a great mentor. So, you know, whenever I got a chance to talk to Aeneas, you know, I definitely took a chance. I mean, made sure I honed in on everything he said and paid attention to, you know, every every detail that he gave me. What What about the season, man? Not the season you all wanted, but you were right there. Um, in terms of particularly in that Western Division, just just your thoughts on your season, senior season at Southern. Overall, I think it was a great season. You know, whether it didn't turn out the way we wanted it or not, but I feel like it was a great season. I feel like the guys competed as well. I just feel like we had a lot of fun out there. You know, we came up a little short at the end, but I feel like Coach Odom was doing a great job with the program and they continue to get better day by day. Danny Johnson, formerly now of Southern cornerback, he's from. Jackson, Louisiana. As a matter of fact, he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. So, Danny, what about the combine, man? I want to know more specifically about that. We'll talk about the Senior Bowl, but describe your experience there at the NFL Combine. My experience at the Combine was another great thing for me, you know, just being one of the guys selected, you know, coming from a small school once again to be able to go and compete in the Combine. And for me, it was just to show that, you know, I could test well in front of the guys and, you know, just put my my talent on display in front of the, you know, in front of everybody, you know, just going there, just, me, just watching that since ever since I grew up and just being in that moment was a great feeling for me. For my thing was just to get there, you know, get comfortable and just relax and do what I've been doing. Yeah, what, what about being able to go up against some of the guys from the bigger schools, and but not just that really, but to be able to hold your own? Oh, no, that, that's that's the easy part for me. You know, I'm always up for a challenge, you know, regardless of what the situation may be. So whenever I get a chance to go up against other competition, I'm always take, you know, the best approach to it, and I'm be always willing to do it. You know, I just feel like I've been playing football for a long time, and football doesn't change, and I feel like I can compete with anyone. Did you, did you get, you know, sort of tired maybe about hearing about your size and so forth? I think you made the comment at the Senior Bowl, I play big. Yeah, definitely. I got tired of, you know, hearing the fact that, you know, everyone was saying, you know, I was smaller than, you know, I was 5'9", but just to show them that, you know, height didn't matter at all, I still could play with anyone. And that was my main goal to just go in and so I can compete with the, the guys that were bigger than me and help on. Who was the toughest receiver you had to go up against in the SWAC? Um, I say Chad Williams who was drafted uh, last year at Arizona. I feel like he was a great player, you know, a guy that, you know, deserved everything that he got, um, especially being drafted on the day, he would have deserved it. So I just feel like he was one of the best ones for the face. Yeah, what, um, you know, how how'd you fare? I mean, obviously you guys met on the biggest stage um, each year in the uh, in the uh, Bayou Classic. How do you feel like you fared against him? I feel like I did real good. You know, I just feel like both of us um, two type of guys that love to compete, and whenever we went against each other, you know, everybody was always watching. So I just feel like we brought a lot of that attention to ourselves through hard work. So, you know, I just want to continue to do that. 
Danny Johnson, now formerly of Southern, hoping to hear his name called in next week's National Football League draft, joins us here on the program. Danny, I mean, again, you were a four-year starter, so a guy that got right on the field as a freshman. As a matter of fact, you know, that first year you had a really, really good year. How do you feel like you grew in the four years um, at Southern, not only on the field, but off the field as well? Uh, as far as just on the field, you know, it was just talent, you know, not really understanding everything, but, you know, just continue to um, take coaching, you know, every coaching point that I can. And just with the coaches, I just got better day in and day out and just understanding what the defense was doing and how to go by just helping other guys. And off the field, for me, it was just, you know, going to class, you know, helping the other guys if they needed anything. And my goal was to graduate early, and I graduated early, finished school in three and a half years and finished school with a 4.0 GPA. Oh, my. Wow. You know, I knew that. And I'm glad you you mentioned that again. What you know? Tell us what that means because it's one thing, you know, to graduate in three and a half years. And this is the thing about it: you played at, at a very high level um, on the Division One level, played some really good football in the SWAC, but then also to have a four point average. What does that mean to you and your family? I meant a lot for me because at the end of the day, I'm more than just a football player, and especially for my son. I just wanted to show him that, you know, not only that I could play football, you know, I was about my grades as well. So I think that's a big thing for everybody that's in school, you know, to, to graduate and, um, you know, achieve everything you can through school as well. What, what, what was your major? Criminal justice. Wow. So can you explain to us how you were able to balance? I mean, because, it, 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 you know, the it's a, it's a lot. So Southern is a really good school. You get the 4.0, but you're trying to get out of there in three and a half years. So can you kind of walk us through or talk with us about how you were able to balance being an excellent student and a premier, premier athlete at the same time? Uh, for me, it was more so about what I wanted. So. For me, I know I just wanted to be successful on the field, but also I wanted to be successful off the field. So I knew that's something that I had to work twice as hard because I was dealing with football. So every time I wasn't around football on the free time, I would try to make sure I get my work done. If I had anything missing within the teachers, I made sure I go get it done. So I just felt like that was important to me, important to my family. So I made sure to do that. You know, you and Austin Howard came in the same year and he had, you know, I mean, when it's all said and done, I know we're in the moment. But, I mean, when it's all said and done and you look back 20 years from now and you look at the record books, I mean, he's going to be uh, listed as one of the, the greatest quarterbacks of all time in the SWAC, at least from a numbers perspective. How good is Austin Howard? Uh, I think Austin is a great player. You know, um, Someone who came in from the first day, you know, we got there from camp. You know, he was working hard. He, you know, did everything to ask him to do as far as on the field. And uh, he came in. That first season, he had a great season. And I think this offense is a great player. He understands offense. He picks up on everything well. And he's a great decision maker with the ball in his hands. And I just feel like without Austin, you know, we wouldn't have had a few of the seasons. I mean, the seasons that we had. So I just feel like he is a great quarterback. Yeah, what did it mean? I mean, especially in that rookie season or that freshman season for both you and he, um, if my memory serves me correctly, you all won the SWAT championship that year, right? Uh, we 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 went to the SWAC championship. We went to the SWAC championship. Lost to Alcorn on our second time playing. But um, the, just us as freshmen, just going in, you know, coach told us that we were gonna have to play. You know, I was shocked that I would have to start the first game. He was saying so for us. It was just 
about growing up. So when he threw us out there, you know, we just knew we had to play. But, again, like I said, it was just something that we had been doing for a long time. So just going out there with the confidence, knowing we could play with anybody, you know, it just helped us prevail over others. Last two thoughts, Danny. We appreciate the time. That is Danny Johnson, formerly now of Southern, hoping to hear his name called in next week's National Football League draft. What are some of the things, Danny, that you felt like you needed to work on in your game and that you've worked on since your last day at Southern to this point? Uh, for me, uh, working on my game, I just want to just be more consistent, you know, just continue to get uh, make plays, you know, whenever I can. So, you know, for me, just working twice as hard on, you know, just catching balls, you know, breaking on passes. And just to show that, you know, when I get up the comp- get up against the competition that they want to see me against, that I'm ready to go. And, you know, it's been a great thing for me. And then lastly, man, what do you think next week is going to be like um, if you're able to hear your name called and are you sp- planning to spend um, – uh, are you having some kind of draft party? Uh, for, for me, next week is going to be great for me just, you know, hoping to hear my name called, you know, just be, you know, hoping to be one of the ones selected uh, when that phone call comes through. I think it's just going to be an exciting moment for me, and I'm just, you know, waiting to hear my name call, hoping that it happens. Yeah, you're going to be, are you going to be at your hometown next week? Yes, sir, I will. Again, a four-point average, four-point average, graduated in three and a half years from Southern, hoping to hear his name called in next week's National Football League draft. He is cornerback Danny Johnson. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Roll, also a two-time box-to-roll All-American Danny, we appreciate the time, man. We look forward to hearing your name called in next week's draft. All right. Thank you, man. Danny Johnson really had a great career at Southern. I mean, he had a breakout season. His junior season had seven interceptions and really put himself on the map. And I think any time that you get invited to the Senior Bowl, it's a pretty big deal. And, you know, he showed some things at the Senior Bowl He was invited to the NFL Combine. I mean, obviously, that's a really big deal as well. Of course, not everyone that gets invited to the Combine ultimately gets drafted. It doesn't work that way. It's a chance for you to be on a much bigger stage to be evaluated a little bit harder. Uh, I mean, you know, you can look at a guy like a Chad Williams last year for uh, for Grambling. He was not invited to the NFL Combine, yet he was a third round pick. Uh, had his pro day. Your pro day also means a lot. And uh, so we'll see how things play out. But certainly Danny Johnson has an opportunity, had a really good four-year career at Southern. Our NFL draft prospects continue next as Darius Litter of South Carolina State joins us. My next guest here on From the Press Box to Press Row, no stranger to the program. As a matter of fact, two-time Boxtero Willie Davis, Defensive Player of the Year. He's done it all. He's everybody's All-American, now formerly of South Carolina State. The linebacker, Darius Leonard, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. What's going on, Darius? So much. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I, I, I want to start here. Let me throw out um, three names to you, and I want you to tell me what those names mean to you. Raphael Bush. Joe Thomas and Javon Hargrave. What do those names mean to you? Uh, uh they're they're South Carolina State greats who's uh, actually playing in the NFL right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, what does it mean to to you to be um you know to to be able to have that chance to be the next South Carolina State 
bulldog to be able to play in the National Football League? Uh, it, it actually means a lot, especially coming um, coming from watching them um, play and kind of learning from learning from them, them teaching me everything. It's actually a great honor. What what have you? I'm sure you've spoken with these guys. I mean, what have they said to you? Oh, they just they just told me to keep doing what I'm doing and kind of maintain everything. You know, don't try to get too big here and just kind of keep God first and just keep doing what I'm doing to make it. Uh, now I'm going to throw out four more names to you: Harry Carson, Robert Porsche, Deacon Jones, Donnie Shell. Those are just four names that I'm throwing out. But what does it mean to you? Um, you, a phenomenal four-year career at South Carolina State to be mentioned with those great players as one of the greatest players to ever play at South Carolina State. It, it means a lot, man. Especially um, them guys being NFL Hall of Famers and them being um, South Carolina State greats, and for me to actually be even mentioned, mentioned with them is a great honor. Because I mean, I know what they put in. I know the legacy that they left behind, and I try to uphold that tradition of what they have done. So, I mean, it's actually a great honor to be mentioned with them um, NFL greats. How, how how tough? I mean, you had a really good season individually, but not the season, obviously, that you all wanted to have at Orangeburg. How tough a season was 2017 for you? Uh, it was very tough because, I mean, me personally, I think I hate losing more than I love winning. So, I mean, it was actually – it was actually bad, pretty kind of having a three and seven season. You're losing a lot, and it, it was just hard for me being a senior, knowing that um, that's that's how I was going to leave South Carolina State. So it, I, I say it was pretty hard. Darius Leonard, now formerly of South Carolina State, hoping to hear his name called in next week's NFL draft, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And really, Darius, for you, five years at South Carolina State because you redshirted your first year out of Lakeview. How, how tough, I mean, being a star player at, at Lakeview, and obviously you've grown in those five years at South Carolina State, but how tough, taking you back five years, was it to actually redshirt that first year with the Bulldogs? Um, it was actually, at first it was, it was very tough. Like you said, uh, being that star in high school, you have high expectations for yourself coming in. Thank you that year's going to start. Thank you at least was going to play. And then you have to take that back seat role. But towards the middle of the season, uh, it got very easy to kind of take that role because I knew I had some great guys in front of me, and it was actually fun to kind of watch them play and learn everything that they knew so you could kind of mimic mimic what they're doing and kind of just be great like they were all right so tell us man tell us all the teams that you visited the nfl teams that you visited to this point um i've been to uh i've been to dallas i've been to the eagles saints chargers bears um giants uh saints i think i think that's about it yeah. So what what did you what did you take away? Was one? I mean, what what are some of the things that you took away from those visits? I mean, what was that? Six at least six teams that you mentioned. What are some of the things that you took away from some of those visits? Um, that NFL stand for not for long. I mean, that you can't get you can't can't ever get comfortable in NFL. They told me to always stay on my toes, and if I want to be extraordinary, I kind of just gotta. You got to do all the little things right, like watch that, watch enough film, take care of my body, and just do all the small things to be a great player. And a lot of them say that uh, they see that I'm a good player, but they see things in my game that can make me a great player. So I'm kind of ready to get in there, take the coaching, and kind of see what um, see what my NFL career has for me. 
you did some really good things at the Senior Bowl, which you were invited to and, as a matter of fact, participated in. What was that experience like? And can, can you kind of speak to, be able to, to being able to play with some of those um, guys from, uh, from bigger schools? Man, that was by far probably my best experience because, I mean, it was against great guys. It was at the top, I mean, the top top athletes in the world and, and uh, in college. So, for me coming from South Carolina State, and a lot of people were saying, well, maybe Darius Leonard was only good because he was playing in the MEAC. He was only good because he's playing against uh, uh, kind of not, not too great competition. So, with me going there and actually showing everybody that I can play on the big stage, I was named defensive MVP there. I had 14 tackles, and it kind of – I think that kind of boosted my draft stock and everything to kind of let everybody know it's not just because I was at South Carolina State that I was a great player. I can be a great player kind of anywhere I go. But you know what, Darius? Two things dispel what those people were saying about um, you playing at South Carolina State in the talent level. Number one, you had to play against Tariq Cohen, who you all shut down all the years that you played at South Carolina State. And number two, you had 19 tackles uh, against Clemson, I guess, what, a couple of years ago? Yes, sir. I, yeah, I did. I did have uh, 19 tackles against Clemson. That was, I think that that was kind of um, a biggest, a biggest accomplishment uh, for me, especially with them winning the national championship that year. And everybody know that I'm a I'm a great Clemson guy. I love Clemson. I wanted to be a Clemson, and it just didn't work out that way. So for me to actually be on the opposite side of uh of the tigers and actually have a, a great game together it was actually it was actually great so a lot of people kind of knew then that i i might have some special talent sure and then also you going up against um Tariq Cohen. i mean that's you know people say oh it's not the talent level and it's lower or and so forth that wasn't easy and as and again you guys uh you know pretty much limited him yeah i mean and Tariq Cohen, i mean that was how far, I, like I tell everybody, Tariq Cohen is the best running back I've ever faced. And I played against Clemson, played against La Tech, and I just think he was a, like, he's a home run hitter. You never know what he can do. And for us to, I'm not going to say I did it myself because I had 10 other guys out there, but we held him for, uh, I think in four years, he probably scored once. And to be honest, he was on from a, a blown assignment. So I think we did pretty well trying to hold him in. And you can think about any of me at guys in the NFL right now, everybody's actually doing well. So, I mean, just because you're playing the media, that doesn't mean you're not a good ball player. No question about it. Darius Leonard, now formerly of South Carolina State, hoping to hear his name called in next week's National Football League draft, joins us on the program. I know you've told this story before here on the program. How did you end up at South Carolina State? And, and Well, a twofold question. How did you end up at South Carolina State, and why did you not end up at Clemson? Uh, because it, it came out to my very last test score in high school to get qualified, and my my test score did not come back until two weeks after signing day. So Clemson fell back. South Carolina State left theirs on the table, and once I got my score, Clemson came back with a preferred walk-on scholarship, and I did not want to pay for school, so that's how I ended up in South Carolina State. No doubt. Now, was there any other – I mean, if you have Clemson on the table – uh, and, and an offer from Clemson, even though they fell back a little bit, was there? Were there? You know, what what made South Carolina State stand out, maybe from some other schools, or were there any other offers on the table? Um, to be to be honest, man, that was the only offer that I had on the table besides D two uh, or JUCO's um, JUCO team. So I mean, it was an easy choice. Then I knew I wanted to play D one ball. I knew I didn't want to go to JUCO. So 
I wanted to prove that. That's what I really wanted to prove then that a lot of teams missed out on me, and I wanted to, I wanted to show them what they missed out on. Yeah, and then you show, and then you proceeded to show Clemson what it missed out on two years ago with the 19 tackles in that ball game. Uh, NFL draft. I mean, I'm sorry, NFL combine. You participated in that. You know, talk about that experience. Um, it was it was actually a great experience, man. Uh, talking to a lot of NFL teams. Um, doing doing all. The, I mean, it was very busy at first. I mean, with all the medicals and everything. And then I, I didn't get to compete. Um, I went out and I ran the 40. And I kind of tweaked my quad, so that kind of ended my day. So I really didn't do too much there besides um, besides the medical stuff. Yeah, what about some of the camaraderie you had with some of the other guys that were there? Oh, it, man, it was it was awesome there, man, especially, man, talking to a lot of guys. And like I told Shaquem Griffin, man, I told him, like, man, he's a, he's a great guy. He's um, – He's a he's an inspiration, and I talk to um, Doran or Daniel a lot. I mean, because we we kind of play together um, at the Senior Bowl, and just talking to them, man. Everybody had the same goal, and everybody just wanted to push each other. And it, it wasn't like we was competing, but it was like a friendly competition because everybody was cheering each other on. Like, it's kind of it was, was kind of crazy at first, I thought, but then like football football makes strange things happen because I mean, you never thought that you out there playing against somebody going against somebody and they're thinking they're cheering for you to be better than where they were so i mean it was it was actually pretty fun man especially with them great guys there lastly has it always been your dream to play in the national football league and then what do you think next week's gonna be like i don't think it's a matter of if i think it's a matter of when your name is called but what do you think that's gonna also be like when you hear your name called next week in the national football league draft uh yeah um i think i think uh, um I, my dream was playing in the NFL was when my brother got drafted in uh, 2007, and I saw how how much it made the family happy and everything. And I kind of just want to mimic behind him. And whenever my name gets called, man, it's it's just gonna be an honor, man. Um, just yeah, I mean, you never know because it's, it's kind of crazy that I'm saying that my name is gonna get called in the NFL draft. Like those people actually dream of, and I really think I have a high uh, high chance of get my name called so I'm kind of just waiting for it and just kind of putting it all in God's hands and kind of just sitting back and just ready I'm just ready to know where I'm going to be at for the next couple of years yeah two-time Boxster Row Willie Davis defensive player of the year is Darius Leonard now formerly of South Carolina State the linebacker going to hear his name called in next week's National Football League Draft taking some time to join us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Darius, always great to catch up with you, man. And we look forward to hearing your name called next week. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. An amazing four-year career at South Carolina State's going to go down as not one of the only one of the best players in South Carolina State history, but one of the best players in MEAC history. Really started to get on the radar his sophomore year. And just like a lot of these guys at South Carolina State, you look at Javon Hargrave a little bit more recently, good freshman years and then really in their sophomore years, things really start to pick up for them. We're talking NBA playoffs next. The radio program that's talking sports from New York City to Cali and globally on the World Wide Web. From the press box to press row continues after this. 
It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. The biggest names are guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, um, we've been through a lot as a team. And I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Yeah, and I was really um, ready and serious. I'm just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. It's Donald Ware. From the press box to press row. NBA playoffs are hot and heavy. And, you know, the last couple of weeks, I've been saying that the 76ers, I didn't know if they were quite ready to to be that team that would come out of the East. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm changing my tune, but I think, you know, listen, they, they, they're ahead in their series two games to one. Um, I, I thought that, in fact, they could they could beat the Heat. I think the Heat have a, you know I like the Heat. Like I hadn't seen them a lot all season, but I like the Heat. Dwayne Wade's going to bring an element. It's only two to one in that series, but I tell you, uh, they you know listen, Embiid is back. I, I know he was itching to really get back, so now he's back and ready to 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 go. And you know I'm not sold on Cleveland right now. I mean coming into the playoffs. I think you would have to say that Cleveland would have to be the favorite with the way that LeBron James was playing. Kevin Love seemed to be back, but it's just still something about Cleveland that's not quite right. They don't have, you know, they don't have necessarily a third option. I think, you know, it's interesting. I, you know, Jeff Green has been a had been at least a good player, uh, a pretty good player in this league, especially. In his with his in his during his days, I should say, with the Boston Celtics. And now it's like he's more of a marginal player than anything else. He's got great size. I think he really is a guy that needs to be able to step up for the Cavaliers. I think last week I mentioned the fact that that J.R. Smith is sort of an X factor, not sort of. He is an X factor for Cleveland as well. But it's nothing like when they had Kyrie Irving. And I'll tell you uh, what I mean. You know, I go back and think back now to the fact that Cleveland made that trade. I I thought at the time that that trade definitely, without question, benefited the Celtics. You get a premier player in the league in Kyrie Irving, but not only that, he still signed to a long-term deal at a pretty good rate. Meanwhile, the Cavaliers get Isaiah Thomas. He was going to be a free agent. At the end of this season, he was hurt and he never panned out. He was doing a little bit too, trying to fit in, I think, a little bit too much. And it ultimately backfired on him. And they ultimately traded him, even though they got some pieces back. Those pieces just haven't paid dividends as of yet. So I think the series is where it is. I think the Cavaliers, even if they win the series, aren't necessarily the favorites. So now it becomes, well, who 
could possibly be the favorites coming out of the Eastern Conference. I, I really like I, I don't I can't say that the Celtics are the favorites, but boy, I mean, I really like the way that they're playing right now. I thought that they would beat uh, the Bucks, and, and they're, you know, pretty good, pretty ahead in their series. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'd have to go with the 76ers at this point. They have they're too young to really understand what's going on. And, and, and their youth has not affected them at all. I mean, Joel Embiid comes back. Third game of the playoffs has an immediate impact in a game that the 76ers really needed to win to gain that advantage and to retake, if you will, uh, home court advantage back. And they were able to do that in Miami on Thursday. So I think that that puts them in a good position to be one of the teams now that can come out of the East. I'm not on the 76ers bandwagon per se, but I will say that I definitely was wrong and that uh, I think the Philadelphia 76ers are a legitimate team and a legitimate contender, even though they are extremely young. When you look at the West, I I, I don't know. I, you know, again, I didn't have a chance to listen back to what I had to say last week. Uh, when I look at the Pelicans and the Blazers, it seems to me if I was coming into this thing, I would have thought that the Blazers, quite frankly, would have won. I think the Blazers were very hot coming into uh, the playoffs. Uh, but the Pelicans, I mean, they... They just sort of they didn't really slide in. I mean, they 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 got in pretty good into the playoffs. I think, you know, more or less Minnesota slid in and you're seeing what's happening uh, to Minnesota now. But listen, the Pelicans. And again, I, I go back to what I said when Boogie Cousins went down. I thought it was now going to be time for Anthony Davis to really step up. I think at the time that Cousins went down, I think. Uh, Drew Holiday was injured. He's playing extremely well right now. One of the more, I think, one of the more underrated players in the NBA. And Anthony Davis has just come to play. You know, I, I don't, I'm not saying that the Pelicans are going to come out of the West. I, I definitely don't think so. But I think that they're a team to be reckoned with moving forward. And I like the fact that the Pelicans' management decided to stick with Alvin Gentry. I, you know, there were times within the last couple of years, and if you go back, this is what, Gentry's third or fourth season as the head coach of the Pelicans? I mean, if you go back, not last year, but maybe two years ago, there were some tough times there in New Orleans, even when they first got Boogie Cousins, and it just didn't seem to be working out. Both of the guys were scoring a lot of points, but the Pelicans just weren't winning basketball games. And so it didn't look good. And even some points during this season, it didn't look good. And I thought, boy, Gentry is right on the bubble of maybe getting fired. Not because he wasn't doing a good job. It just, and, and I don't think he was doing a bad, I'm not saying he was doing a good job. I don't think he was doing a bad job. And I just think sometimes it's the dynamics of what's going on. And maybe guys need a bit of a different voice. Gentry's been around he's been a head coach he's been an assistant coach for years he's an older guy but listen whatever the pelicans are doing right now 
Um, you know, they they are with the dynamics of their team. Obviously, we know what Holiday is doing as an individual that's helping the team. We know what Anthony Davis is doing as an individual to uh, to 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 enhance the team. But I think in part, a lot of that does have to do with Alvin Gentry and what he's been able to get these guys to buy into, especially when Boogie Cousins went down and Anthony Davis has really, really, really stepped his game up. And I, I tell you, uh, you know, the, the Pelicans are definitely getting it done. We we mentioned the fact about Greg Popovich and the passing of his wife. Of course, he did not. Uh, he was not on the sidelines for game three on Thursday. Ultimately, Golden State wins that game. And, um, you know, it's 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 it's, you know, again, just an unfortunate situation. Um, I, I don't think I didn't think San Antonio was going to win anyway. Now it's three games to none. And I think Golden State ultimately wins the series. But the other interesting thing is that Steph Curry may not be back for another three weeks or so that that I mean that looms listen that looms large especially when you're talking about Kevin Durant and in, in, in the in the angle tweak that he had on Thursday night I mean I, I think that sort of looms large if you really really look at this thing um, but but again I think San Antonio excuse me I think Golden State is just a superior they just have superior talent and what they've been able to do is just been able essentially to turn it on in the playoffs. Yeah, it was a lot of talk about San Antonio and, and excuse me, Golden State and if they were going to be able to turn it back on and, uh, and, and they did not end the regular season well at all. But they ultimately, uh, their talent has just taken over. And a lot of the question was, how will Golden State do without Steph Curry, who makes that thing go with his ball handling skills, with his ability? Now you have a third shooter, probably the preeminent three-point shooter in the NBA. Uh, and, you know, they have just been able to get it done without Steph Curry. Now, moving forward into the next round, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. They're going to have to have Steph Curry, I think, to be able to continue to advance, but Golden State is just super, super talented. Um, you know, I, I thought that the Washington and Toronto series was going to be a little bit more competitive, and I said this earlier in the program. That's why it was imperative for the Wizards to be able to get that number seven spot. All they had to do was beat a bad Orlando team to end the season. They couldn't even do that, and it ultimately led them to getting the number eight spot. Uh, and they're down in this series right now against Toronto with uh, game four taking place in Washington on Sunday. I just think throughout the course of this thing, uh, the Raptors have played well. The Raptors are a really good team. Like if you haven't seen the Raptors play, it's not just about the uh, 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 Rosen or and Lowry. I mean, they got a really good team, Abaka. Other players, I mean, they got C.J. Miles, who's just unbelievable from the outside, a, a guy who comes off the bench and just it just knocks down three-pointers. He's been doing it for a while in this league. And, you know, Toronto has a really, really good team. I will ultimately say that the Wizards have not played well. Uh, they haven't, you know, John Wall has been solid, but they haven't gotten a lot from Bradley Beal, who had a, 
a good regular season, was an all-star this year. They haven't gotten a whole lot from him. They haven't gotten a whole lot from Porter. Uh, and then they don't have a true four or five guy uh, that really, uh, you know, Markeith Morris is solid, but they need a, a at least a five, a five. And, and Morris can get some things done, but I'd mean like a banger either at the four or five position. And I think really that has been a thing that has really hampered uh, the Wizards throughout the course of the season. And uh, I just don't see them coming back in this series against Toronto to try and be able to win it. Um, Rockets and Timberwolves. I mean, you know, Timberwolves are doing the best that they can. They just, they're just not going to be able to overcome. Again, much like I talked about with Toronto, it's not only about Chris Paul and the beard, uh, James Harden, but it's about the team as a whole. And they're playing at a very, very high level right now, up two games to none. Of course, the series does go back on Saturday to Minnesota, but I don't think it's going to matter a whole lot as I think the Rockets ultimately and probably I think are going to sweep this series. So the NBA playoffs, so many storylines, it's just very exciting. And uh, again, as I mentioned last week, the NBA never really had an offseason. This is one of the better NBA seasons as a whole that I can remember, because if you thought about it, 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 it seemed like it could be a boring season because you're like, okay, Golden State's going to take it uh, in the West, and then Cleveland's going to take it in the East. And so what do we do in between that time while we're waiting for those two teams to meet in the finals? But this has been an awesome season. Got to get ready to run here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Thank you to Darius Leonard, also to Danny Johnson for joining us here on the program. For more information on From the Press Box to Press Row, log on to our website at box2row.com. And always remember to support those that support Yo, from the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications.